1: Good morning, it's Todd Thomasella with Safeguard Your Soul Radio on blogtalkradio.com. And we're glad to be together this morning with you in fellowship and fellowship in the Word of God. The Scripture tells us, let the Word of Christ dwell in you, the body of Christ, richly or abundantly, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms. I have a special friend on the phone at this moment, and her name is Naomi Ruth. Naomi, how are you?
2: Good. I'm doing good this morning. Beautiful day. So I'm excited to come and Fellowship with you this
1: morning. What a beautiful thing. You know, the radio programs have received a collective over thirty thousand listens already in just about three or so months, three or four months, and that's a blessing. And that's exactly what we're doing, sister, is fellowshipping in the Word together and gathered around the throne of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one and only superstar, the nail scarred (laughs) risen savior in our midst. And Brother Frank. Telford is scheduled to be on, so I'm looking for him to pop in any minute now. He's written a nice piece, a post, an article on vital, cheerful giving and exposing the error of obligatory 10% tithing. And he says that the first thing that he wanted to say in this is he did not want to give the wrong impression that believers are not to give and give generously and that God loves a cheerful giver. Naomi Ruth, I don't know if you've ever looked into that definition. Cheerful meaning hilarious, joyful giver, one who is worshipful and says, Lord, you gave me this money this week. You allowed me to earn this money, and I'm going to worship you with it, put you first, and praise your name. I love Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10. It says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the firstfruits of all thine increase, So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Now, notice the word first fruits there. Now, that's really key. And that right there is a counter to the I'm going to get around to it mentality, which seems to be kind of a part of human nature, Naomi Ruth, where we just, well, I'll I'll read the Bible later. But guess what we never do, right, if we don't do it first. Am Mm -hmm. I right about that?
2: you got to make it a priority. because, And we all try to hang on, you know, to what we've earned. We've worked hard for it. We want it sometimes. It's hard to get to that point where you are, like you said, a cheerful giver. And I know, you know, when I first started giving, when I first started tithing, that's definitely not how I started. You know, it took time and the Lord really working in my heart to get there. And you really do when you're faithful. You know, what I've heard, I remember, I think it was John Sickles was preaching one morning and he said that, God, I love this. He said that your heart will always follow your treasure. And I remember there was um, somebody that went to church to you that he had made millions and he said he was miserable because he was spending it on fruitless effort. And he wasn't tithing. He wasn't giving away his first fruit. And he was just miserable because your heart will follow your treasure. Where you take that money, your heart's going to follow. And it's really important. I know uh, when I first started tithing, I was going through a pretty rough time. I was going through, then had a whole other family, it turned out, that I didn't know about. And it was a really rough time. I was working, you know, in child care because I wanted to stay with my children. And I had to move in back in with family. And I was really struggling for money financially, and I wasn't making a lot, and I kept feeling the Lord put on my heart to tithe, and I thought, oh my gosh, that's crazy. I don't have money to be tithing, and you know, He just putting it on my heart, and I finally did. I started tithing, and The turnaround, you know, faithfully tithing, it was so quickly. My life changed. Literally the next week, somebody at the church, he was a career counselor, gave me free services, redid my resume. I had another job in a week and a half, making more money. I had been going without child support forever, and all of a sudden, all of the back child support, you know, was paid, and then everything was just provided, and from there, completely rebuilt my finances, and I just everything's just been a blessing since then i have my own house and i'm it's beautiful i love where i live it's a great community and i just really felt blessing after blessing and i've continued to tithe because i knew that the lord would provide and when i was trying to just use my own effort and it's just you just can't get there with your own efforts you can't get What I mean, if you really want the full glory of what God has for you, you have to be faithful in Him and trust in Him that He's going to provide for you and show you what all He has for you. And it's really hard, when you're unsure. When you're unsure (laughs) and and you're, you know, holding back, you're like, Oh, I don't know, I need this, you know, I need this for me. But the Lord can do so much more than what you need for you. You know, he really can't well, take the little yeah. you have and double-triple it, you know, and you have <laughs> to start by trusting in him in order for him to be able to do that. You can't hold back.
1: That's amazing. You know, I'm reminded again of the reason why I asked you to, to fellowship with us on this gathering here, because I hear a contentment in you that I hear in a few other believers that I know, really close friends for years, who put God first in their given. And, you know, these are some of the most content people that I know, period. They have a clear conscience to spend the other money that they have beyond the first fruits of what they give to the Lord with a clear conscience and with joy. You know, First Chronicles 29, 14 tells us that all things come of thee, come from God, and of thine own have we given thee. So that $1,000 we earned this week, that $200 we earned this week, whatever it is, if that came from God and all the ability he gave us, even the breath of life in order to make that money. And the Bible says in Deuteronomy 8.18 that he gives us power to get wealth to establish his covenant. He's, it's a stated purpose. In the New Testament, he says that we're to work so that we may have to give. And he gives seed. That's Ephesians 4.28, by the way. And in 2 Corinthians 9, the Lord says that he gives seed to the sower. It sounds like to me that's what's happening, Naomi Ruth, in your life, where the Lord, you're sowing the seed into the gospel in honor of the Lord, as we read in Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, honoring him with the first fruits. And he's causing your you seed to be multiplied back to you and also your barns to be filled. And, you know, I am not going to apologize for the blessings of God that are stated in the Word, because the New Testament, Naomi, tells us that all the promises of God, all of them, are yea and amen in Jesus Christ. Now, where people go wrong, and I think what Brother Frank is getting at, in part, is that people that teach an obligatory an obligatory 10% under the new covenant are basically saying God can't bless you at all unless you do it. Well, we're blessed in the blood of Jesus first and foremost. We're blessed by the Father through Jesus Christ's sacrifice alone. That's how we're saved. And yet the Bible has conditions to the promises the Lord gives us. That's obedience. We must obey him. And when we do, he promises that there will be great reward. There are many scriptures on that, including where David says in Psalms that the Lord rewarded him according to the cleanness of his hands. I believe that's Psalm 1820. And then Psalm 66 18 is another one that comes to mind and it says if no that's not yet that's not the one I wanted to get but anyway over and over Deuteronomy throughout the Old and New Testament God gives conditions to his promises he's going to bless us with a future that glorifies him when we search for him with all our heart Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 through 14 also remember Jesus said if we seek first the kingdom of God, then all these other things will be added to us. Naomi, you were talking about how God has, obviously, I mean, how long has this been going on, sister?
2: Well, that when I first started and I was going through that. That was about four or five years ago. And God, just so much has changed. I mean, I just feel so blessed every day, you know, that I come home to my house and my kids and, you know, we just really have, been blessed and I think like you had said that there's conditions put on some of God's promises and that's just because that's how He tests and he tests us and shapes our heart and part of that is combined with those conditions and purifying your soul. And God it really and when you are faithful and it's hard because i have had times where the lord has put things on my heart and i didn't follow through and you know later on i think about that and oh you know it really does it kind of aches my heart you know the lord forgives so i'm forgiven so i i don't let that get me down but when you're faithful and you follow what God's putting on your heart, it really does. It shapes and conditions and purifies your heart and soul.
1: That's a biblical truth right there. So many, so many, so many seed truths from the Word that are coming out in this time together. Folks, we got just a few minutes left. You know, Naomi Ruth, you were talking about how your heart will actually follow where you put your treasure, and that's exactly what happens. Yeah. Some people will misquote Jesus' words, and you did not do that, and I was impressed by way, they say, where your uh, heart is, your treasure will be. No, Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart also will be, which absolutely beckons us to obey him and put our treasure obediently into the furtherance of his gospel so that other people can be saved. Saints can be fed and built up so they don't fall away, and so they're equipped to do the work of the ministry. We're not here to get entrenched in this world, saints, to see what kind of bigger car and house and neighborhood and better this and better that we can have in this fleeting world. This is all going to be over very soon, and that's why Jesus says this in Matthew 6. 19 through 24, he says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure yeah. is, there will your heart be. Also, then in verse 24, he says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, in between there, verse 22 and 23, which are part of the context, he's talking about those who have an evil eye. They've lost out the things of this world. They covet greedily the things of this world. And, you know, I've been accused of being kind of threatening in this particular doctrine. Well, you know, when you get a revelation of the Word of God, ladies and gentlemen, this is not a joke. I mean, am I making this up? Think about man in Luke 16, 19 through 31 that Jesus taught about an absolutely certain man. That went to hell all because he didn't help out. He didn't use God's resources that were in his temporary possession to help a man in need. You know, also, this man went to hell. Why? Well, I just told you why. That's what's the stated reason why he went to hell. It proved he did not know God. This guy was probably a good member in good standing of a local church. You know, and then we got the Matthew 25. Inasmuch as you did it not unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it not unto me. Depart from me ye cursed in the everlasting fire. And there's another example in that same chapter, Matthew 25, when the man who buried his talent, he took what God gave him and did not use it for God's glory, and guess what? He went to hell, weeping and gnashing. So is this a light matter? No, and let me finalize that with this. Ephesians 5, 5 and 6, for this ye know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, covetous, who is an idolater, greedy, covetous people are idolaters of self. That's why they don't want to give up money they want to feed the God of self with it instead of giving it to the Lord God Almighty. Nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. But no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God on the children of disobedience. Now let me just say this. We get real selective about sins. Oh, I didn't realize that was a sin. Or if they, we want to ignore certain sins, Naomi Ruth. Listen, whoremongers, okay. that's obvious. Unclean person. I believe that may be referring to homosexuality. In a covenant this man is what an idolater. These people have no inheritance of the kingdom of Christ and God. With these sins in our lives, including being covetous, greedy, and hoarding, we prove that we do not know the Lord and we will not inherit the kingdom of God. Naomi, I think you were trying to say hey. something and I just kept talking. Right. Go ahead. <laughs> uh,
2: that's okay. That's okay. Back to financial stewardship, Proverbs 3 9 through 10, where it talks about the first group. The way I feel like that connects to the fact that your heart will follow your treasure is when you spend, God is supposed to be the pilot, and you're supposed to be the co-pilot, right? God is supposed to be leading our lives, and when you take your first fruits and you spend that on yourself, and we're self-focused, when you focus all your money and your time on yourself, you're in the pilot, and you're not going to be focused on God and letting being faithful in Him and following Him, you're going to be self focused. So, giving your first fruit in what they're saying to the Lord is because your heart's going to follow that and you're going to follow God. And that's that is how good. those connect.
1: That that's is how really good. Your
2: first. Fruits connect to your heart following your treasure, because your heart is going to follow those fruits, and you're going to follow the Lord, and He's the only one that can make your life fruitful. That's the only way that...
1: You're basically pointing out an obvious truth that says right there in the Bible, that when we give our first portion to us, in other words, we don't give it to the Lord, we're paying homage to the God, this God of self, the false God of self, Right.
2: We're, gonna, wow. we're becoming self-absorbed, you know, that's a lot of what is happening around me. That's a lot of what I'm seeing in the world. It's just, And especially in this newer generation of, you know, the selfies and the YouTube videos and talking about myself every day and taking posts about myself, you know, is that we're all becoming so self-centered and self-obsessed. And really, we're supposed to be centering our lives, our thoughts, our focus our future around God and not around ourselves or, you know, what's happening next for me, but what God has next for me in my life, you know, so, and and that's what really changed in my life. I think I was using my own efforts to fix all these, put out all these fires, when really all I needed to do was focus on God so he could provide for me. And that's really what I want people to take away from that is I I know how it can be when you feel like sometimes you hear these preachings on the first fruits and you feel like that, you know, the church, whoever you're speaking with is trying to get more money. But really, I mean, that's not your money to begin with. Like you said, God provided it and it's for the kingdom. And, you know, if you are concerned about how much to give, what to give, where to give, then pray about it. Pray about what should I be doing, Lord? Where should I be giving? How can I... Help further your kingdom instead of, you know, I'm going to hang on to this because I don't know what people are doing with it or I don't, I don't believe in that. You know, really, if you're really concerned, pray about it because God will put on your heart what you can do to provide for the kingdom. And that's what, that would, that would be what I would do as your team. You know, just make sure your heart's in the right place. If you want to give carefully, like you said, you don't want to give bitterly, like, oh, I have to do this. And no, it shouldn't be like that.
1: You should get to do this. Yes, yes. And, you know, that's beautiful point right there, Naomi Ruth, because he said he loves a cheerful giver, and, you know, you might as well keep your money if you're not going to give it out of the right and it's a worship. It's a part of our worship. Remember, honor the Lord. Honor him or worship him with thy substance, because he gave it. And with the first fruits of all thine increase, so here's the promise connected to it. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. God will bless The sower of the seed. Notice he gives seed to the sower. In other words, he gives seed to those who sow. He replenishes the seed and multiplies it to those who actually sow it. I'm going to read that passage. This is New Testament. These principles transcend Old and New Testament in the kingdom here. But this I say, Paul says, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. In other words, if you sow a little bit of seed, you're going to get a little bit of crop. And he which soweth bountifully. In other words, generously shall reap also bountifully. Remember, Jesus said that when we give, we're laying up treasure in heaven. It's eternal benefit and blessing. And in verse 7, every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God, not coercively or out of obligation, that is, for God loveth the cheerful giver, and God is able, I love this, God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work as it is written. He hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministered seed to the sower, God who gives seed to the sower, he gives us the seed we have, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness enriched in everything to all bountifulness which causes through us thanksgiving to God. You know, let me say this about this passage. I used to be in the Word of Faith movement. In fact, I've written two or three chapters in one of my books on this about how I got delivered of being a false teacher. I used to teach this garbage, not the scriptures, but the twist and the deceptions that the gold-digging Greedy preachers of the prosperity movement preach, and that is quite an expose and a confession. The two chapters or three are titled Confessions of a False Teacher, ladies and gentlemen. And I encourage you to get that book. It's called Predators in Our Pulpits, Predators in Our Pulpits, and you can get it on Amazon along with the other seven books. I uh, just go put my name in Amazon, Amazon.com, and then put in Todd, T O D D, Thomasella. P-O-M-A-S-E-L-L-A, I believe that'll be a blessing to you. You know, we have an account in heaven, Naomi, Ruth Paul, most people don't know this. The apostle Paul told us that he said, look, I don't desire, and this goes back to what you were saying a minute ago, Naomi, where Paul said, look, I don't desire your gift. I'm not trying to get something out of you, but I want fruit to abound to your account. Now, he's echoing what Jesus said, Naomi, where he says, don't lay up treasure on earth, but do, Jesus commanded, lay up treasure in heaven. We've all got an account in heaven. That is, if we endure to the end, abiding in Christ in obedience and faith, most of all, true faith will always produce obedience. And so we've got something in that account. And an account is only as valuable as the amount in it. Right, Naomi? Yeah. And I wanted to point out the windows of heaven, you know, i got to be honest, you know, we try to just disclose the full counsel of God's Word. I've dodged this passage because so many people revolting against the misuse of the tithing doctrine in in, in the New Testament church, but you know, all the promises of God, it says in 2 Corinthians, I believe it is, are yea and amen in Him. 2 Corinthians one twenty, I believe that is. All the promises of God are yea and amen in Jesus Christ. So, He's talking about here, Malachi 3, bringing all the ties into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. By the way, the storehouse is the house of God that has nothing to do with some dinky little building on Sunday morning. If a kingdom brother or sister on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, or Saturday needs help, guess who's getting the money? They get the money. In fact, if you give it into these local churches, the individuals that actually need it, will not get it it. I want to encourage you because we're we're about to close here. Time is about up. But on the stewardship category on safeguardyoursoul.com, you are going to find dozens and dozens of great posts. And one of them, Naomi, is called New Testament Distribution, and it shows how the apostles were taken care of. But also everyone that was in need was blessed. And the New Testament church, the early church is our model. Acts chapter 2 and chapter 4 give us a glimpse into what they were doing. They sold things they didn't need and gave it to the other believers that had need. And everybody had everything they needed. Now we got multi-millionaire pastors reigning as kings in our midst claiming to serve a Savior who was homeless and who chose not to be rich in this world and whose apostles were absolutely destitute. That's one of the words. Paul uses to describe on his resume of suffering. And you got these clowns living in gated communities and living high off the hog. When you got folks right under their nose on Sunday morning that can't pay a light or mortgage bill because they're going through a hard time. Those people don't care. They just want to live their life of Laodicean and luxury and these pastors folks don't don't let anybody fool you. You got to go by the Bible period. These guys are the rich man in Luke 16. And I I dare to say there's probably some rich men listening to me right now, and that includes everybody in America. You know, if you're going to scale it, everyone in America is rich. You have something to give, and God gives us opportunity and test us to see whether or not we're going to take what He has given us and by faith be a blessing to Him and others with it. There are many rich men several listening to me right now, and your soul is in jeopardy. Luke 12, Luke 16. Under your nose are those who have need. There are ministries that have needs. There are individuals. And if you give, it's more to set your own self free than it is for the benefit of those you're giving to. God doesn't need your money. By the way, he owns that money. You don't. And when you die, you're going naked. Go ahead. we got just a minute left. Go right ahead, Naomi.
2: Yes, God's grace, that's a beautiful thing. You know, that's really what you want to share with, you know, especially an an unbeliever to experience that. And the thing about grace is it's not something that earned or deserved. It's it's undeserved favor. That's the definition of grace. It's undeserved favor. And to get grace, you got to give it you got to give grace to other people that undeserved favor and be giving, like you said, to people Monday through Friday. It doesn't have to be somebody at church. It could be the people around you blessing them and giving them grace, and that's how you get the grace of God. I mean, and and, and grace, showing people grace, that's the best thing you can do because that's how you show people (laughs) God's love. The purity of it is through grace and through loving others. And Amen. that's what I think is really
1: important. Okay. Absolutely, sister. We got about 30 seconds left. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing oh. this morning on the program. It's been absolutely wonderful. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. John 3:16. Our listening audience and I want to ask you to pray for a man named Ben. He gave his life to Jesus last night. He's a homeless man. Been shot right in the bosom. God's
0: Saints, it's been a blessing to spend these moments in God's Word with you. And remember, on SafeguardYourSoul.com, there are many, many hundreds of others, episodes, podcasts at SafeguardYourSoul forward slash audios. Also, there is a bookstore available at all times on SafeguardYourSoul.com. If you click the store button, it's there to serve you. And thank you for praying for this outreach, which is reaching tens of thousands of people each and every month with the Word of God. And to those that are supporting, we so appreciate your vital supply to this outreach. And also we covet your prayers for fruitfulness that we reach more and more people in this late last hour as we look so eagerly and diligently for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered scripture-rich edifying podcast on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios there's also a store page with several many books on there for your edification in Christ they're all scripture rich and Christ centered also tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month and your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach God be praised by the way for those who are supporting and feel free to visit our donate page on the and you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon, and you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so, and a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world, and may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among His people and through His beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.